This is Turn and Talk, the podcast where teachers talk about teacher stuff. I'm Danielle Johnson, and I'm joined today with Jess Beatty. Jess, tell us about you. My name is Jess Beatty, and this is my first year teaching here at Barbara Bush, and actually my first year teaching here in Texas. Where did you teach before? So I taught in Pennsylvania for two years before moving here. So you teach in a behavior unit. Yes. What does that mean for the students that are in your class? In this district, we call it a past classroom, and that means positive attitude for success. And that's exactly, you know, what I think I bring into the room is just a positive attitude for our students that need a little bit more structure than the general education setting gives them. And your students generally have emotional disorders, which fall under special education services. What kind of behavior disorders are we talking about? What does that mean for people that don't quite understand or have never seen a behavior unit before? Absolutely. It can be anywhere from, you know, task refusal to, you know, physical and verbal aggression. And then it happens quickly. You know, you could have a desk flying across the room or you could have a great day. So you kind of have to be prepared for anything. I teach all subject core areas and my students are typically with me most of the day. What grade levels are your students in? Currently, I teach 6th, 7th, and 8th grade. And how many students do you have in your class? I have eight students full-time. They do come and go to out classes, as we call it. Some of them, and some of them are with me all day. This job has broken more than one teacher. How are you taking care of yourself in this environment? One of the first things before I even took this job is our principal, um, Matt Warnock, said to me, I've had three teachers in three years and I want to change that. And that stuck with me. I actually flew down here for a job fair and that's what he said to me. And I emailed him from the plane and I just said, I want to break that pattern. That is not benefiting your students. These students need consistency and they're not getting that. It was just important to come in and prove myself to myself that I can do this and I can make a difference. And these students need that person that's going to show up every day. I love how you show a lot of your classroom on Twitter. Yes. It's how I really get to know what's happening in your classroom. So I want to ask you about some of the things that I've seen on your Twitter feed. Before Christmas, you had the kids make Christmas cookies together. Yes. How did you come up with that idea? What were you hoping to get out of it? How did it go? And then what were the outcomes? So that was a fun activity that we worked into our social skills class. That is something we do every day. And I wanted a fun way to work on sharing as a group. That's something that we struggle with. So I kind of sat them all around my round table. It's not very big, but we all did fit and there were just bowls in the middle and they had to learn to, yes, I may want to use this, but at the same time, I need to make sure that my classmates have enough to use. So I brought it in, you know, because it was Christmas time. So it was kind of a fun activity. I got pre-made cookies. We didn't necessarily make the cookies, but they were able to decorate them and they could eat them or take them home. And it it went really well. We only ran out of one thing where all the kids were like, hey, I didn't get that. And then we kind of talked about like, why did that happen? How did it make you feel? And then we talked to the person who had used a lot of them and they didn't even realize. So it's just making them more aware of their surroundings and things that they do to help their classmates. It's almost like a textbook case study of how to promote sharing and social skills in the classroom because... They may have wanted to argue with each other, but they wanted their cookies. Mm -hmm. So there was a definite reward at the end where they had to work together. Another thing that I see on your Twitter page a lot is games that you guys play. And the one that caught my eye the most was a Super Bowl activity that you did. And it Mm -hmm. seems like there was some planning that went up to it. It wasn't just the day of the Super Bowl or the day before. You started previously and built up to this. So tell me about that. The week of the Super Bowl, we had a whole Super Bowl week where I transformed our classroom into 
the best that I could look like a football stadium, have the football field in my room. So at the top of our room, I had a paper and there was a football field and a goalpost. And they were put on teams on the first day. We had like a mock draft where they had to get like a little lottery ticket and scratch it off. And then they were presented with a paper jersey that would hang over their desk to represent their team. The whole premise behind that week was to work as a team. At the end of each period, if their team did everything that they were asked, they were able to get a question and it was football related. And as a team, they had to come up with one answer. If that answer was correct, they could shoot the paper football. And if they got a goal, they would have gotten a point. And that was Monday through Thursday. And then on Friday, it was the, you know, the big game day, the Super Bowl day. I came dressed as a referee just to get them a little bit more excited. All day after their academics, we're able to complete like a minute to win it challenge to earn extra points. And then seventh period, which is our last period of the day here, we had like a little Super Bowl ceremony where the winning team was presented trophies, which was just paper trophies that I had made. But to them, it was awesome. And then the losing team didn't get anything for them to see how to react when I didn't win. And then how to react when I did win in an appropriate way. They loved it. They were put on teams. And it was just a fun way. But they didn't even realize throughout the week that they were learning to work together. That's incredible. Yeah, it was really fun. And you've seen some incredible results with <laughs> your kids, both academically and emotionally. What are you seeing academically in your kids? Academically, I've seen a huge improvement this year, especially our MAP scores. All of them have gone up and the kids are so surprised when they get their score. And I say, this is what you got last time. They're like, what? You know, they're shocked. So not only just that, but like their day to day, I'm not seeing the task refusal or the tantrums that I would see at the beginning of the year. I don't really have a huge issue right now with them not completing their work, but that's come with finding what motivates them. And how do you find what motivates these students? Yeah, I mean, that's not always easy, especially because I started the year with five. So throughout the school year, there's been more added in. And it's just taking that time to get to know them. You know, I may talk about Transformers for part of my day. I have zero interest, but they do. And they don't, they wouldn't know that I don't. They, you know, will talk about it. And then I, you know, kind of place that in the back of my mind and try to work that into my teaching or the reinforcers that I use, just anything to, to get to them to be more interested in what I have to say. You've seen academic growth. How have you seen emotional and social emotional skill growth in your students this year? You know, at the beginning of the year, we had a lot more behavior happening. And I think the more that I've gotten to know my students, I can kind of see when they're frustrated or they need to talk. And the thing with teaching this class is you have to realize that you may have the best lesson in the world planned. But if there's something going on emotionally, that's got to be taken care of first. And sometimes those academics have to take a back seat. And they all know that you know, no matter what I have going on, if they need to talk or something's bothering them, I'm going to stop what I'm doing and make that time for them. I never tell them they have to wait or, you know, whatever. I'm always there to talk and I always will be. And most of the time, that'll be me pulling them out so that they have a, you know, a private setting where they can discuss whatever they need to discuss. I've also seen you use video games in your classroom. How does that work? I know that's something that might be scary for a lot of teachers, but you actually bring that into your classroom and, and use video games in your room. Yes. So what is that about? So recently I have brought in a Wii into our classroom. It was just something that I had at home that I wasn't using. And the thing with it is, is I have my students a lot of the day where typically students are in a period for 15 minutes, they get up, they move, they go to the next room. I don't have that. So my students aren't moving around as much. Right now, we currently have the Wii worked into math rotations. 
where they're right now doing bowling and whatever their score is for that frame, they have a sheet that they fill out and they work it into a math equation. And then they have to solve the equation and get it right before they can move on to their next frame. So they, they really enjoy it. I know your students work their way out of your classroom. How does that happen? So we have a point and level system in our room. When they come into my room, they're on level one. And they have to, with behavior, work their way to level four, maintain that for so many days until we can get them to where they need to be till they can earn more out classes. So every day they have a point sheet and they earn a certain amount of points for each period. And this year I put a new spin on it. The points that they earn translates to classroom money and they all maintain a checkbook. So at the end of the day, they take that checkbook, they come to my classroom store, they have to write checks to buy what they want. They have to show to me that their checkbook is properly balanced. And to put those points or their money into their account, they have to fill out deposit slips. So bringing those real world experiences in has really reinforced them. I think a huge part of why this year has been so successful is they are so reinforced by that store because it has those things they like. It has transformer things. It has gel pens. It has Fortnite bracelets. It has the things they like. So it's stuff that they are wanting to buy. How do you keep that store stocked? I just pick stuff up when I'm out and about and I see it because my kids are always on my mind and they are. There are my kids, you know. If I'm in the checkout line somewhere and I see this fuzzy pen, I know they're going to like it. I just pick stuff up as I see it. If I have a new student come into the room, I take time to get to know them so I can figure out what they like and what they'll want to buy. And then in order to buy, they have to have the behavior and the money. And they're earning that money through their behavior. If they are something they want to buy, they're going to be good because they want the money to have it. Your students do go to other teachers' classes. Do those teachers fill out a point sheet? Yes. So they have to take their sheet with them, and they're completely responsible. They have to hand the teacher when they walk in and get it signed before they leave. Depending on the points they earned in those classes relates back to our classroom store in my room. How do you work with the general education teachers to support the students that have emotional and behavior issues in the general ed classroom? Those students are in your class because the general education setting wasn't benefiting them. Right. How do you work with those classroom teachers to really support the students in their behavior? Absolutely. I really keep the lines of communication open. I check in often, whether it be, you know, even if I see them in the hallway, touch base, you know, how's this going? If there's something going on or I look online and their grades aren't great, I'll reach out. But really from day one, I was always very approachable for them. And I'll call, I'll check in. You know, if I know they're having a bad day, I'll kind of give that teacher a heads up. Just being there and available for them. And everybody on our campus is great to work with. So there really hasn't been any problems. What kind of support have you received from the campus and from the district? Like I said, this is my first year in Texas, and this is like nowhere I have ever taught. I've never had as much professional development as this district has provided for us. Everybody on our campus was warm and welcoming. On the first day, you know, you're nervous and you think like, oh, I don't know where I'm going to fit in. And I never felt that. As soon as I walked through the door, I never felt like I had to worry about where I was sitting during professional development or anything. Everybody was just so nice and inviting and happy to see you. So it's, it's really been great to teach here. Tell me about the professional development you've received around working with your students. We have a Learn More, Achieve More, which was over the summer, and I was there pretty much every day for the duration of the two weeks, just because there are certain things when you teach this class that you have to have. We have CPI training, which is more hands-on and all that. So it was great. You know, I was able to meet our behavior resource specialist before even coming to our campus. Setting those relationships up before work even had started was really beneficial. And have you received ongoing professional development this school year? 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. We have numerous opportunities to meet and discuss as a whole school. And then every once in a while, we get to go in and meet on the district level. So you talk to people from other schools, which is awesome. This job is really difficult. Just teaching middle school can be emotionally battering. How have you maintained your own mental health? And what do you recommend to teachers to maintain their mental health and take care of themselves? For me, it's very important that when I leave school at the end of the day, I need to leave it here and not bring all of that stuff home. The conversations that we have to have with our students on the daily can be difficult and challenging, but you can't let that eat you alive. I also commute a pretty good distance. I come from Fort Worth. So I listen to podcasts on my way to and from work. Usually in the morning, it'll be educational related. Right now, I'm listening to an audiobook that I have found very motivational, and that helps. It just helps to hear other teachers that are, are struggling. You have the same struggles no matter what you're teaching following other educators on social media, listening to the podcasts and that sort of thing has really helped me with my self-care this year. What are some of the challenges you faced in your classroom? Yeah, you know, it was definitely difficult because I do teach three grade levels, all core subjects, and each one of those students is on such a different level. I had one student in particular who is so gifted and talented, and I had to prove myself to that student that I could teach because they're so smart. And I remember, you know, at the beginning of the year, there was a comment like, oh, not another one that doesn't know. And I was like, oh, no, no, you know. And I took the time and I sat with that student and we've worked on things together. And just the other day, that student said, oh, you taught me something. I jokingly said, oh, that's what I get paid to do. I had to prove myself to the students that I was going to show up every day and be here and I had something to offer them. And I was thinking about this just this morning. In the beginning of the year, my students would always ask if I was coming back. Are you going to be here next year? Are you going to be here next week? And I just always reassured them that, yes, I'll be here. I'll see you Monday. Or especially after we had breaks. Yeah, I'm going to be here. But for them, they weren't used to that. And I just thought that I haven't been asked that in a couple weeks. My students haven't asked if I'm coming back. And I'm thinking that maybe they're starting to finally feel comfortable and they're used to the consistency of, of me showing up. That's a huge success. Absolutely. What are some other successes you've had this year? I've had an amazing year here. There's been times where, you know, students need to talk about some difficult things and you're just able to be here for them when they just need a hug and they run up and hug you. Or I have had students just tell me that, you know, you're my favorite teacher. And it's little things like that you have to hold on to, especially in the setting that I teach, because sometimes there's so much negativity. So when you have a student that's willing to show you their, you know, their soft side, tell you how you make them feel, you have to hold on to that. These students don't just have challenges in an academic setting. These students have challenges at home also. In this job, you have to have that relationship with the parents. Mm -hmm. How have you built relationships with parents this year? We had to, you know, fill out logs as to when we talked to our parents. And I just thought, oh, these are going to be so long because some of the parents I talk to daily. And if I don't talk to them daily, I talk to them at least every week. I really took that time at the beginning of the year to introduce myself to the parents, talk about my background, let them know, like, this isn't my first time teaching this setting, and then sharing the little successes and building that positive relationship because the setting that I teach in, you're going to have to call them and talk about difficult things. Or It's not easy to tell a parent that your child threw a chair at my head today. That's upsetting to them. It's important to build that relationship from the beginning so when those occasions do arise, it's not as difficult. I talk to them very frequently, and it's important for them to know that we're a team. It's not, oh, at school it's this, and at home it's this. No, we're working together to make this student the best possible person they can be. 
What advice would you give teachers that have a student with some behavior issues in their classroom? Whether they receive special education services or behavior services, how should a teacher view the situation? How should they react? And what support should they be looking for? Behavior is a very difficult and tricky thing. Early on in my career, I had a person I was working with who, who I respect immensely, and he said to me, if you're yelling, you're doing it wrong. And that stuck with me. I'm not a teacher that yells. No matter how frustrated or upset I am, I always remain calm, which I know my students feed off that energy. They're not as, as on edge if you're not. So I think, you know, sometimes when you're really upset, take a step back, give yourself that minute. It's okay. And then respond in a calm, respectable manner. Sometimes it's going to take getting to know your students to find out what reinforces them. It's the little things. You know, sometimes if they're having a tough day, they may just need praise for picking up a pencil. You know, it's okay to celebrate those little, little things. Every student we expect to come here and do their work, but that's not the case. So sometimes we really have to praise the little things and build upon those little successes. And over time, those little successes will become the big ones. Jess, you've been such a wonderful addition to our campus. Like you fit in wonderfully and you do such amazing things for some of our most challenging students. And I just want to say thank you. You have one of the hardest jobs in education, but you do your job with such grace and I love seeing it. This has been another episode of Turn and Talk, the podcast where teachers talk about teacher stuff. You can follow Jess on Twitter at at BD underscore CFB. B-I-S-D. So B-E-A-T-T-I-E underscore C-F-B-I-S-D. You can follow our podcast at turn underscore and underscore talk to stay up to date with all of the latest episodes. You can follow me at iHeartMissJohnson. This is Turn and Talk. I'm Danielle Johnson.